Shining City Audio, a John Meacham and C-13 original studio. On June 10, 1919, Wisconsin and Michigan become the first states to ratify the 19th Amendment. I'm John Meacham, and this is Reflections of History. On this date in 1919, just over a century ago, the constitutional amendment securing the right to vote for women was at last in the process of being ratified by the states. The roots of the long campaign to extend the vote and equal protection to women were older even than the Republic. A few months before the Second Continental Congress broke decisively with Great Britain, John Adams was at work in Philadelphia when he received a letter from his wife, Abigail. I long to hear that you have declared an independency. And by the way, in the new code of laws, which I suppose will be necessary for you to make, I desire you would remember the ladies and be more generous and favorable to them than your ancestors, Mrs. Adams wrote. Do not put such unlimited power into the hands of the husbands. Remember all men would be tyrants if they could. If particular care and attention is not paid to the ladies, we are determined to foment a rebellion and will not hold ourselves bound by any laws in which we have no voice or representation. At Seneca Falls in July 1848, a women's rights convention brought about by Elizabeth Cady Stanton and Lucretia Mott, among others, issued a declaration of rights and sentiments that sanctified a movement's creed. It said, We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men and women are created equal. Susan B. Anthony echoed the point. It was we the people, not we the white male citizens, nor yet we the male citizens, but we the whole people who formed the union. She said in 1873, after she illegally cast a ballot for U.S. grant for president. And we formed it, not to give the blessings of liberty, but to secure them, not to the half of ourselves and the half of our posterity, but to the whole people, women as well as men. A key figure was Alice Paul, who headquartered herself on Lafayette Square and launched a persistent campaign of protest at Woodrow Wilson's doorstep. Born in 1885 to a distinguished Quaker family in Pennsylvania, Paul had been influenced by the more militant British suffrage movement during a stay in England from 1907 to 1910. There, under the leadership of the Women's Social and Political Union, women moved from speech-making to active street protest, including face-to-face challenges to lawmakers. If arrested, the suffragists, including Alice Paul, would refuse food in jail, leading to highly publicized force feedings The gruesome details of prison officials jamming tubes carrying milk and mush through the protesters' nostrils to prevent starvation turned public opinion against the authorities. In the Wilson administration, demonstrators known as silent sentinels stood outside the White House every day. When arrested on charges of interfering with traffic, for instance, they, like their British counterparts, would refuse food in jail leading to those dreaded force feedings. 
During the 1916 State of the Union Address, suffragists in the House Gallery displayed a banner that read, Mr. Wilson, what are you doing for women's suffrage? The historian Jean Baker wrote, For the first time in American history, an organized group of dissidents, not just a single individual like Thoreau, had employed passive resistance and civil disobedience in a direct confrontation with presidential authority. And they prevailed when President Wilson agreed to endorse the proposed amendment, which was first ratified by Wisconsin and by Michigan today. The Union was a little bit more perfect. Thank you for listening to Reflections of History, a creation of Shining City Audio, a C-13 Originals and John Meacham Studio. Reflections of History is executive produced by me, John Meacham, and Chris Corcoran, Chief Content Officer and Founding Partner of Cadence 13. Production and editing led by Lloyd Lockridge and Chris Basil. Production assistance and operations by Paige Heimson, Andy Jaskowitz, Adam Macias, and Kelly Rafferty. Research assistance by Sarah Jean Caver. Cadence 13 is an Odyssey company. I'm Lauren Sherman, the writer behind Puck's fashion and beauty memo line sheet. And I'd like to welcome you to my new show, Fashion People. On every episode of Fashion People, I'll be talking to insiders about the stuff we're all whispering between the press releases. From M&A rumors to celebrity stylist dish to the future of legacy media. Be sure to follow and listen to Fashion People, a presentation of Odyssey in partnership with Puck. Available on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.